Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. But we're in a series, and I just was happened to be able to have coffee uh, with Juan the other day, and I said, man, if you're free, and he happened to be free, I said, come share with us for just a few minutes, and, um, and I hope that you are encouraged that, guess what, the gospel is going to all, not, see, it's part of our requirement as a church. If, if you are a church that doesn't reach out past our borders, that we don't reach out to the outermost part, parts of the world, guess what? We're not being the church. So we have to have a missions, and that's why I love this church, that we support missions, that we're about missions. In fact, next week, Sunday night, we send a team to Ecuador. It's going to be exciting and be praying for them next week as well. Last week, I spoke on peace. This week, um, I want to speak on a, another topic called hope. Uh, you know, we, we talk about how people are searching for peace, but people are also searching for hope. And those two subjects, peace and hope, they really go hand in hand together. It's really hard to have peace if you have no hope. Today, the God-given blessing I want to speak about is hope. Hope is an absolute necessity of our life. Everyone needs it. You can't go without it. Remember the key verse for our series is John chapter 10, verse 10, and I repeat this over and over again each week. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In fact, so many times, we have shared that scripture so many times, I think we should have it memorized by now, right? So let's say it together. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The enemy wants to rob us of the things that God has given us. The enemy wants to rob us of our peace, but he also wants to rob us of our hope. But Jesus came to give us an abundant hope. Not just, a, not just a small glimpse of hope, but an abundance hope for our life. Many people in society today live in hopeless situations. They live in hopelessness. And, and this includes many of our young people, which is so hard to understand because I feel like our youth, our young are being robbed of something that was so special. Is that they should have the greatest hope in life as they continue to move forward. But it's not happening in so many situations. A recent poll stated that 51% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 29 struggle with despair and hopelessness. In their group study, it says that 68% of this age group stated they have little energy. 18 to 29 and 68% they say they have little energy. 59% stated they have trouble sleeping. 52% find little pleasure in life. 49% have either poor appetite or struggle with overeating. 48% struggle with concentrating. 28% have considered harming themselves or committing suicide. 28% of our young people. That's an epidemic that needs to be addressed by the church. It needs to be addressed in our society. Why are so many young people struggling with hopelessness in their life? And I want to talk about that, that thought. Many times, and I think this is, I want you to catch a hold of this thought. Many times, we attach our hope to earthly desires. 
We connect our hope to travel. We connect our, we see someone on Instagram, oh, they went to Italy, they went to Spain, they went to Nor- Norway. They, and we always say, man, I want to do all those things. And so our hope gets attached there. We attach our hope to owning a home, earthly desire. Nothing wrong with any of these. We attach, but we always say, now we don't own a home, so we start, we don't own a home, so we start losing hope. We, we have our hope in, in having children and, and a lucrative career and finding a soulmate. Man, if I don't find my soulmate, do, can I still have hope? Like I said, there's nothing wrong with any of these desires. But what happens when those desires go unfulfilled? What happens when you aren't able to have children? What happens when you don't find your soulmate? What happens when you can't buy the house? What happens when you can't do the fancy vacation? What happens when you can't do you lose your hope? See, I think our society today, we live in such a, a, a world of social media and everything else that we see all these things that are just flying at us and we need to strip all that stuff away once in a while, if not completely. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. God has a plan for your life. Say it, God has a plan for my life. Many young people are struggling in hope because they have anchored their hope into earthly desires. Where did they learn that from? Don't kill the messenger. Kids learn from their parents. Many parents have put higher priority on earthly desires than heavenly desires. Some might argue with me that's not true, Pastor Tom. But I challenge you to assess what priority do you take in your life. If you want to know how to assess priority, look where you spend your time and your money. I would say open up your checkbook, but no one has checkbooks anymore, so I can't say that anymore. I don't know how to say that, but look at your expense accounts. See where your money goes. Look at, start logging your time. See where your time goes, and you'll find out where your priority is. I know I'm stepping on my toes, on everybody's toes, but once in a while our toes need to be stepped on. When we put a higher priority on earthly desires and those desires go unfulfilled, when we, we then become less satisfied, we, we, lose, we start to lose hope. It's a, I think it's a major cause of why America is losing hope because it doesn't make any sense because we have so much. If you look at the rest of the world, they have, they, there's so many other places around the world, like when, they, when this team goes to Ecuador this next week, they're going to get there and they're going to see little kids that have hardly anything, but they are filled with hope. Doesn't make any sense. I believe it's why we have such a huge addiction to drugs here in America and alcohol abuse and sexual addiction is on the rise and because people are looking for a, an escape from misguided failure. I say misguided failure because many evaluate success from a worldly perspective rather than a godly perspective. See, that's a problem in our life when we start evaluating our success success from an earthly perspective instead of a godly perspective. Read your Bible, you'll discover that many people in the Bible, they died with hardly anything, and yet they were successful in God's eyes. We need to give our hope back to God. Meaning we cannot place our hope in the things of this world. We need to place our hope in God. When, when Jesus did his teaching on the money and possessions in the beautiful Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. If you haven't read that, I encourage you to read Matthew 5 through 7. 
It's a great sermon that is recorded in the Bible of Jesus. But Jesus talked about not worrying how much treasure we have stored up on earth. It's not that you shouldn't have something for retirement. It's not that you shouldn't leave an inheritance for your kids. But stop worrying about it. Stop being so anxious about everyday life. In fact, Jesus went so far. Why do you worry about what you're going to eat? Why do you worry about what you're going to drink? Why are you worrying about what clothes you're going to wear? You know what? If, if my heavenly father can take care of the birds of the air, he can clothe the lilies of the field, will he not take care of you? It's not that God doesn't want us to have food or clothes, but it shouldn't be dominating our thought life. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of his of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's not that Jesus doesn't care about your physical needs, but catch this, Jesus cares more about your spiritual well-being than your physical needs. He cares more about where you're going to spend eternity than about what your meal is going to be today. Not that he doesn't care about those things, but there's priorities. Putting your hope in this world leads to failure Putting your hope in Jesus leads to victory. It's why Jesus said in his word, he says, no one can serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other, or you'll love the one and hate the other. No one can serve two masters. And when he's talking about that, he's talking about you can't serve money and possessions and then think you're going to serve God. It's nothing wrong with money and possessions unless you're serving them. That's why I give. I break the spirit of greed off my life by giving, giving. Because you know what? Otherwise, greed starts to take control of my life. I can't have that in my life. Because God has to be number one. That's where someone here today, grab a hold of it. Where do you put your hope? Let's not let the hopelessness of this world steal away the future of our kids. We need to put our trust and hope in Jesus. And we need to instill that into the next generation. Because money disappears, cars disappear, harms disappear. Oh, God doesn't. We're going somewhere. May I also remind you of this little simple truth? That you were created for something more than just this world. You were created for something greater than just this world. You were created to spend eternity with Jesus. Don't ever forget that. Don't sell yourself short. Let's talk about discovering our God-given hope. We all need hope in life. Otherwise, discouragement and depression will dominate your life. Without hope, we all of a sudden will grow up like Walter, Jeff Dunham's little puppet. You know Walter? I almost put a picture up by that now. I better not. But, you know, he's just always looking so mean and hopeless and and what's interesting he hates life but he wants everybody else to hate life with him he wants to drag everybody else down with him the apostle paul writes these words i pray that god the source of hope say the source of hope source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love this translation in New Living Translation because it reminds us who is the source of hope, that it is God who is our source of hope. Paul prays that we be filled with joy and peace and we believe and put our trust in God. And it's more than just a wishy-washy type of hope. It's not like, boy, I hope it's going to be nice tomorrow so I can go golfing. It's not that kind of hope. I never had to hope that here in Orange County. I used to have hope that all the time in Seattle. 
But, you know, we have this wishy-washy. No, this hope that we're talking about that Jesus is writing about, that the Word of God is speaking to, it is an assurance. It is a confidence that we have because we put our trust in Jesus. It's not just, a, oh, I hope it's a... No, no, no. I have a hope that is secure because I know who Jesus is in my life. It's an assurance. It's a hope where we can find peace and joy. When you read through the Psalms, you will discover... Times where David found himself discouraged, and for good reason. If you know anything about David's life, King David's life, it was difficult. For years, King Saul was conflicted and was always trying to kill him. He had his entire army out searching for him. David was basically running like a fugitive. David also had a major moral failure, as we know that he had with Bathsheba. He even, he even ended up murdering her husband, Uriah. Because he wanted to save face. And when the sin came down upon him, when you, all of a sudden that whole thing was exposed in his life, guess what? Discouragement and hopelessness filled his life. Another time when the Amalekites raided the village where David and his men were and they were gone. All of a sudden they came in and they, 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 they destroyed the village. They burned their homes and they took their children and their wives as, as hostages and, and they kidnapped them. And, and it became so bad that David's men, who he was so loyal to, who, who they had marched with, all of a sudden started thinking about killing David, stoning him to death. Talk about discouragement and hope. We can all find that in our life at different times. I appreciate the stories of the Bible because they're so real. And at different times in life, most of us can relate to David's situations. Maybe we haven't specifically murdered anyone or kidnapped anyone, hopefully. Talk to me later. But whatever it might be, we do go through difficult times. We've all experienced different failures and troubles in life. But look how David responds to the discouragement. He's, he writes in Psalms 42, listen to this. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? It sounds like a Dr. Seuss little story right here. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. You see, there are times in our lives where we need to remind ourselves of where our hope is, and our hope is in God. Don't be looking at the world to resolve your discouragement. Look to God. Why did David say, I will praise him again? Sometimes you just need to start praising God. We sang that second song, and it was so powerful. And it, met, it aligned with my message today. I'm just going, like, oh, this is so good. There's times where we just, if you want to find hope, start praising God. If you want to experience hope, Start praising God. What do you mean praising God, Pastor Tom? It means that all of a sudden we start thanking God for his goodness, his grace, his love, my salvation. Thank you, God, for everything that you give to me. Thank you for your faithfulness in my life. And all of a sudden you start praising God. And guess what happens? Our mind is taken off of all the negative things of this world. And all of a sudden we start finding hope again. Because we start finding hope in Jesus. Catch this thought. Living in despair means we have put our hope for happiness in the things of this world. It's the only, that, that is the only, if you are living in despair, the thing that you've done is you've put your hope and happiness in the things of this world. That's the only answer for despair. David snapped himself out of his negative thinking. Some say it's a stinking thinking. He snapped himself out of it. 
He spoke to himself. And sometimes you just need to speak to your heart. You need to speak to your mind. You need to say, knock it off, Tom. Stop thinking that way. It's interesting. Verbally speak it. What happens, it interrupts your thoughts. Start speaking God's word over your heart and over your life and over your mind and see what starts taking place. All of a sudden, hopelessness leaves and hope all of a sudden is found again. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. It's huge that we speak God's word over our life. Our hope is built upon our faith in Jesus Christ. And if we, if we don't have faith, we can't have hope. Listen to how Peter addresses our God-given hope in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is, that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Our hope, our salvation is the result of God's mercy. We are dead in our sins, but we are made alive through Jesus Christ. Our living hope is Jesus. Jesus' resurrection from the dead gives us hope, hope for our future. Because, see, we don't remain dead in our sin. We don't. We are made alive through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The audience that Peter was speaking to were people who had been, had been struggling with suffering and persecution and difficulties. They needed hope. And his words were sent to them to inspire them. When we live in Christ, we live with a living hope for the future. And there is no, there's no reason for despair. Our life goes beyond this life here on earth. Peter writes this. Remember what he wrote? Our inheritance can never perish, spoil, or fade. Our inheritance is kept in heaven for us. This is the living hope. The author of Hebrews writes these words. He says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever. He has become your high priest forever. This scripture is referencing this curtain that was put into the Holy of Holies into the temple. And that curtain, what did, is separated the Holy of Holies, which is found in the temple to the, from the rest of the temple. And the only place that resided, that God's presence resided, was in the Holy of Holies. That was the only place it resided, in the Holy of Holies. And only a high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies once a year. In fact, it was so... It was so dangerous that they tied a rope to the high priest, his ankle, just in case he went in there and he was filled with sin. They, he would die and they'd pull him back out. God's presence. True story. Read your Bible. But when Jesus died on the cross, it says that that curtain, it was 60 feet high, three to four inches thick. That curtain was ripped from top to bottom. And what it did, it, 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 it shared with us that, the, guess what? There is no more barrier between us and God's presence. There is no more barrier between us and God's spirit. Why? Because Jesus died for our sins. He set us free from our sins. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have hope. 
verse 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. If our faith is in Jesus, we have a living hope for all eternity. Think of it this way. I used to do boating when I was a kid, and we used to have a boat. When we were living in Vegas. You didn't know there's water in Vegas. There is Colorado River. Lake Mead, a lot of dead bodies. Anyhow, different story. I used to drink that water. Ugh, okay, different story. Some of you guys actually maybe drink that water now. I don't know. Jesus, come back. Don't even remember where I was going now. Boat. When you're out in the middle of the waters, lake, ocean, you throw an anchor down. And guess what? Why do, you, why do you throw an anchor down? Because in the water, guess what? You're just going to be pushed from one way or the other direction, or you're kind of floating aimlessly. You put the anchor down. It goes down to the bottom, and it finds something solid to anchor yourself to. What happens in our life in Jesus Christ, we throw an anchor up into heaven. And guess what? It, Jesus is our anchor, and it's tied to my soul, and it anchors me to heaven for all my days. It anchors me so that I have a security in knowing that I have my, my faith is in Jesus. I'm anchored to heaven. Because Jesus sits at the right. Yeah, you can clap for that. Come on. <laughs> Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for each and every one of his children. He is our anchor. He is our hope. He is our assurance for the future. And I encourage you to embrace the God-given hope that is found in Jesus. I leave you with this charge Peter gives in 1 Peter 3, he writes, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We need to be prepared to give a reason for the hope we have. What is it? Jesus. God's love for each and every one of us. And we can share that with others. When we serve others, guess what? We demonstrate God's love to others. When we do a trunk or tree, I know how simple that is, but we're sharing God's love to our community. When we're sending a group to Ecuador, we're sharing God's love to our community. When we're supporting missions, we're sharing God's love to the world. As we close today, I want to invite Juan Gon Pastor Juan Gonzalez back up to the platform because he has a really powerful message of hope here. He didn't share everything. That's why we had a do everything a little quicker because I didn't want you to miss out on this because this is so important for each and every one of us to hear how hope works in our world. God is giving hope. But it uses one, each one of us to present that to the world. As a little boy, I found myself walking through the doors of a wonderful ministry. See, I was born in El Salvador, a little country of Central America, during the Civil War that devastated the country and killed 70-some thousand people. Most of them were children. God gave me the opportunity to walk through the doors of Latin America Child Care School that was founded there in El Salvador. I didn't know what God wanted to do with my life. I was a little kid, but someone in the United States gave me the opportunity to become who I am today. Every single month, wrote a check for this Juan Gonzalez to become who he is today. He gave me hope, but more of that, he gave me the reason to be. In fourth grade, I will give you a story. I was playing basketball with the only pair of shoes I had. They were holy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Lord, wouldn't it be wonderful if I had shoes just like my friends have? I don't have the time to tell you. It was a long story. 
But how many of you believe that God hears your prayers in the middle of the night? I do believe that. Someone that was here in the U.S. was prompted to send this letter for this Juan Gonzalez. They called me from the office. They said, there's something here for you. Guess what it was? No, it was not a pair of shoes. But it was a letter that says, God prompted me to write this letter. This is my sponsor, lady. And she says, I don't know what you're going through, but here's a check so that you could do whatever you want with it. And of course, this little kid, all happy, went about the shoes that he wanted. The story may not mean much of anything, but for a little boy that was raised in a, in a third world country in the middle of poverty, it meant that God cared for me. He loved me. And he had a plan for my life. I'm here to tell you that the God that travels through the ocean is the same God that's here today. Yeah. And is calling us to take this hope, not only here, but all over the world. The story doesn't end there. I became a missionary for the last 28 years. I've been giving my life. And in the, the country of Japan, who would have known that God would bring a little kid from El Salvador to go to one of the most amazing places in the world to share the gospel of hope? Tell me if God is not in the business of giving hope today. Come on. He is. Amen. Amen. We were having coffee at the Hidden House. Someone gave me, I don't know who gave me, the, someone gave me a card to the Hidden House, and I want to say thank you for that, because I've been using that for ministry, and that bought us our coffee and our, and our pastry. But when he started sharing me his story, I just started thinking about how good is God? That he takes what we, see, sometimes we don't connect the dots. I'm connecting everybody's dots today. Annette and I have been supporting kids in different areas, Haiti, and we have I think six kids we support through different organizations. We've been doing that for years. I'm not saying that to, oh, Pastor Todd. No, no. I'm just saying that it makes a difference. And, and if we're not giving out hope, what are we doing? Because we, we have been given so much hope through Jesus Christ. And we need to love people without hope. And, and as you, and I, I want to encourage you today as you leave, I want to encourage you today to pick up one of their cards. Uh, they're on the back table. And just be praying for them pray for Juan and Colette as they do them you know he wouldn't say this but they got trapped in Japan during COVID they missed their son's wedding yeah they couldn't get out and they literally did the wedding by Zoom by Zoom we were doing ministry by Zoom we thought that was tough can you imagine doing a wedding and miss yeah but you know we do a lot of things for Jesus because we want to share that hope to others and I want to also encourage you, our ushers, we have, as they, I'm just going to do it this way, ushers, as you leave the day, um, we have uh, what's called authentic love. If you want to support missions, it's one of the ways that you can do hope. We support over 20 missionaries um, monthly. And then we also, as you guys know, we also do other, many other missions things as we're building a playground in Ecuador this next week. And we're excited about that. And we're feeding that village, the kids. But that's what this church is all about. It's about giving hope. It's about creating an environment for people to see the hope of God and it can change your life. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.